0: For going on 14, I am Mike.
1: I am Patrick.
2: I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And there was a time when everyone said, you know, that Zack Snyder, he doesn't understand the DC universe. And then Josh Whedon comes up. He's like, Hold my beer and get me another beer. And give me a sandwich. It's okay, sweetheart. I created Buffy. Ouch.
0: Ouch. He's not jossing around. Who had that guy on the set? All right. Well, yeah, <laughs> fell flat. Thank you. Thank you very much. Be here all week. Woo. Yeah, this week we are going over uh Justice Leagues. We are talking about the Justice League cartoon from the DC animated universe uh, back in 2001. And then we are talking about Joss Joss Whedon. We're talking about the Snyder Cut of uh, Justice League 2021.
2: Yeah, Joss Whedon's the Snyder Cut doesn't quite. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's a hot mess.
2: If you like hot messes, you might find your hot mess on Geek Life Radio. In addition to us, there are shows such as The History of Bad Ideas, which uh, Mike and Joel were recently featured on, The Anime Trap House, HTML All the Things, and of course, Geek Life Radio's own Rad Dad Radio Hour, The Borg.
3: He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. it? No.
1: How many times do we have to tell you that's not the one okay. before you realize that's not the one? You are not the one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he rolled over way too fast on that one. We're not done yeah. with that.
0: Yeah, it's not. He's he's gonna bring that one back. He was like, now I'll have. He's gonna sneak that up on us later. Like a cold finger in a prison shower.
3: Oh, I didn't even drop the soap.
0: They call that the old
1: Cosby.
3: Oh,
1: and how to a pudding pop.
3: I didn't even drop the Jello.
1: <laughs> no but they call that the huxtable
0: i didn't even put on a sweater josh oh my god what's happening
2: uh, i'm j- just waiting for you to tell everybody where we can be found
0: i know we can be found on uh apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, blueberry we are on a uh, geek life radio 12 noon on saturdays if you want to listen to us while you're doing your weekend cleaning we're good cleaning talk <laughs> are we though makes you want to Stick your head in your oven and scrub it out.
1: We definitely make you want to scrub something.
0: Yeah. Or stick your head in the oven. You can also <laughs> uh, give us a call. It's 7 now Wrap. Welcome
1: That's- to my world. <laughs>
0: Indie Oven, 708 <laughs> uh, Definitely give us a call. Let us know if you're thinking of uh, you know, a uh, podcast idea. Or you can find us on Discord. And there is a Discord link on our Facebook page. Which you can click on and join the conversation, which is actually quite lively, like all the time.
2: Uh, yeah, it's because if I'm not asleep, I pretty much always have a Discord. Like at work, at home, in the bathroom, doesn't matter. I can be reached.
1: Same. <laughs> Even when I'm at work, I can usually be on Discord.
3: Even when you're pooping.
1: Especially when I'm pooping.
3: You're pooping at work?
1: Sometimes. On that note, I think it's about that time.
0: It is about that time.
3: This week in music, movies, and TV. And Strops. What? 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 Strops. It supports backwards.
1: Why? Okay. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: Joel gets up and leaves. Is done. If this is Joel's thing this week, I, I approve. <laughs> All right. So this week we're going with November 17th, 2001, the release of the Justice League DC Animated Universe pilot.
3: Which is the Bruce Timm animated series. Yes. yes. Did I get that right? Yeah. I
1: right, know good. that name was in the credits. I saw it. So that is, he was in there somewhere. Oh, I got one right. Oof. All right.
3: So uh, music. The number one song in the land was I'm Real by Jennifer Lopez featuring Ja Rule.
0: That song sucks. I didn't know that song. Yeah, I can't even. Couldn't play. You would like know it. You would, will, You really.
1: Work. You really would know it because it had so much radio play. There's no way you wouldn't know it. And then you'd go, "Oh yeah, that that song does suck. That's why you don't remember it." Hmm. Put, put it. Somebody put it on on the on the old. Do we have the old to jukebox. <laughs> on the old jukebox. Yeah. I uh, want. I want to prove my point.
3: Kick out the jams, motherfucker.
0: Say. that's enough of that that's the worst we, thing i've ever heard
1: we need to find a way to link directly to the chorus of a song somehow because you would know the chorus
0: i don't think i would it sounds vaguely familiar probably heard it at like a store or something perhaps yeah because he sounds like that homeless guy that always was shouting out underneath the bridge when i was working downtown i think he was oh my god it was ja rule living under the bridge
2: maybe after Firefest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh... That cut's going to bleed. Oh, you say that a year
2: ago, that joke was super topical.
3: I don't know, <laughs> after the documentary came out.
2: Somewhere Wycliffe
3: done. is shedding a tear. Aww, he'll be gone till November.
0: I don't I don't think our listeners come here for topical humor, honestly.
3: <laughs> right? If you are coming to, t- to a show where we're talking about things in the past.
2: Well, let's talk to those middle-aged guys who live in the past to find out what's happening today. They've certainly got their fingers on the pulse of the culture.
1: <laughs> I All heard right. that Bosch Malone guy did something. So moving that's your, on. That's your new that's your update on on music for the week.
3: Post Malone did something else. Oh, all right. So uh Thomas Lee Flanagan was an American jazz pianist and composer influenced by Art Tatum, Teddy Wilson and Nat King Cole. Within months of moving to New York, he had recorded with Miles Davis and Sonny Rollins. Recording under various leaders, including John Coltrane and Wes Montgomery, led to him becoming Ella Fitzgerald's full-time accompanist. After leaving Fitzgerald, after almost two decades, Flanagan then attracted praise for the elegance of his playing. In his 45-year recording career, he recorded more than three dozen albums under his own name, and more than 200 as a sideman. By the time of his death on November 16th, he was one of the most widely admired jazz pianists, and it influenced both his contemporaries and
0: players
2: wow i always appreciate these uh kind of entries where
0: i learn the name of someone who i should have known yeah or someone whose career expanded like half our lives type of thing
1: yeah yeah it's, good or, or it, yeah, it's always nice to hear like hear about somebody that you've heard a million times but you didn't know anything about him right, right?
3: that influenced so many other people that probably are like oh yeah i know him and we're like Is, did he ever work with post malone <laughs> He He just did a thing. He did a thing. All right. uh, Josh Groban released his debut album, self-titled Josh Groban, on November 20th. His eponymous debut. All right. All right. So (laughs) Albert Haig. Which led
1: to the highlight of his career appearing on The Office oh
3: good point and he had his own show briefly
1: uh oh that's right he had like a talk show didn't he <gasps> no
3: he had a tv show a cop show on uh netflix
1: what? what
3: what yeah like the the good the good cop or something like that
1: i didn't know that who am i thinking of that had a tv oh clay aiken had a tv show for a little while so, yeah, anyway gosh. moving on yeah
3: <laughs> i typed in frobin <laughs> jobin uh yeah it's
1: called just jobin <laughs>
3: It was called the Good Cop with uh, Tony Danza and J- Josh Groban.
1: Oh my God! Speaking of up to date, Mike's going to want to find something we can do a show about so we can watch that.
0: No, no, only I I really for one season.
1: <laughs> we'll do it against Ten Speed and Brown Shoe.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh! See now, now I'm on board.
3: Now <laughs> you're talking. Or Chico and the Man. Moving on. Albert Haig, born Albert Marcuse, was a German-American songwriter, composer, and actor whose Broadway musicals included Plain and Fancy, Redhead, Café Crown, and The Fig Leaves Are Falling. Famous songs he wrote include Young and Foolish, Look Who's in Love, and Did I Ever Really Live? He was a composer for the TV musical cartoon How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He also was an actor, most notably on the TV series Fame, where he played Benjamin Schrofsky, the music teacher, who was a part he originated in the film of the same name. Haig also played a small role in the movie space jam as the psychiatrist and the players who the players go to when they lose their skill in quotations haig and his wife renee occasionally presented a cabaret act as haig and haig his hits and his misses, haha. Ha, that's MRS. Misses Albert Hague. That's died a clever title.
1: I mean, it is
3: actually uh, Albert Haig died at age 81 from cancer on November 12th and was promptly absorbed. Uh-huh. Damn Tammy Joel Ulstein. And finally, give <clears throat> me Laundry Service is the fifth studio album by Colombian singer and songwriter Shakira. Globally released on November 13th, it is her first album to be primarily recorded in English after the release of her fourth studio album and the acronym of the week, D E I L. Question. Pretty me, sure
2: that stands for. Did everybody insult Leon?
3: <laughs> what did Leon do?
1: You don't need to ask. Just get over there and insult him. Okay. Nope. Not, that was actually um, a Spanish title, of course, because, you know, Shakira. So it was Donde Estan Los Ladrones, which is Where Are the Thieves?
3: Where is the laundromat? <laughs> <laughs> first, the first other album was Laundry Service. So.
1: <laughs> no, it's, every one of her albums is about some sort of service. So this was like, where do I pay my utility bill? And then this oh. other one is like, where's the laundry service?
0: <laughs> I cannot find the plumber. Please direct me in the way. <laughs>
1: Really, all her songs are just teaching people how to speak Spanish.
3: That's pretty clever. It's a good idea. While she Pips
2: shakes her Pipes Don't Lie
3: was actually about the plumber.
1: <laughs> it was originally called, it was called Pipes Don't Lie. Right? Pips
3: don't Lie. Uh... This album, which became a success in Latin America, Shakira was encouraged by Gloria Stefan to cross over into the English language pop market. Initially hesitant to undertake the project, Shakira decided to learn English well enough to be able to write her own songs herself, yet she can shake her hips
1: in any language. Those hips do not lie, that is for certain. Indeed.
3: All right, moving on to movies.
2: The number one movie in the land was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the first of the acclaimed film series of films based on the best-selling Harry Potter novels. It was released on november 16th he's a wizard harry i mean that was a pretty uh audacious project just like casting the same kids and trusting that they're going to go through all of the movies like developing as their specific characters and as their specific
3: talents
1: and every single one of them basically at 11 years old you're telling him all right well you're going to be a superstar the rest of your life so Mm -hmm.
3: deal with Mm -hmm. it yeah but it gave the world daniel radcliffe so
0: thank you Harry, who's doing whatever the hell he wants now and doing it well as guns akimbo you have not seen it it is on my list for... Uh, uh, Everything's on your friggin' list. How can you watch so many movies and not make any progress on your list? Because he's making the list. Uh, because I keep adding more every single the day. The
3: list is life. The list is living is more appropriate. It's he on started, my list, Mike. Okay. If, if he for, started uh,
2: checking it twice, he'd never get anything done. <laughs>
3: next weekend I think it is uh, that I have it scheduled so it is going to be watched very very soon and I will report back All right.
2: Charlotte Ninon Coleman was an English actress known for Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit Warzel Gummage, and most famously as Scarlet in the film Four Weddings and a Funeral. While attempting a comeback after some years without work on November 13th she complained to her family about feeling unwell the next morning there was no reply when she called, when they called. Concerned her mother went to Coleman's flat only to find her lying unconscious on the floor. She was taken by ambulance to the hospital where she was pronounced dead on arrival from a massive attack
3: of bronchial asthma. Ooh. Wow. Huh. I did not know she had passed away.
1: I didn't either. I was kind of sad when I realized who it was. Said, oh. Hmm sad yep. thanks pat no problem that's what i'm here for warzel gummage is terrifying
3: make that four weddings and a f- two funerals death will oh, come God. for all of
0: you, okay. and do, you me too. What, do you know what a warzel gummage is i do not that i did just I, put it up in the chat that's a Warzel Gummage. yikes it's like nanny mcphee's brother
3: is that oh, he's uh, a that to life is that a? mackenzie oh, Cook. oh
1: mr All knows?
3: it's not me uh wait
2: no that's john pertwee
3: i was gonna say uh uh is it pertree or is it um patrick troughton
0: that is definitely pertwee
3: oh they remade
0: this we may have a show
3: oh you're right it is pertwee okay i knew it was one of the doctors i just couldn't remember and under the makeup
1: i was having a hard time
2: i just read it off the poster where it says starring john pertwee what we're person?
1: not doing a yeah that's a simple way to do it we're not doing a wurzel gummage show
0: yeah but they remade it oh my god we don't it's... talk about everything that's remade Thank goodness. Well, the new one's even more terrifying.
1: They remade World War One when I we didn't want to talk about that.
3: Yeah, when are we doing the World War show? Oh. <laughs>
1: as soon as so they we're... have a, as soon as they have one in the now.
0: <laughs> Wait, Jesus. So that... That those, between those two those two photographs. Which one would you want to see waiting for you in a dark alley?
1: Oh, top one. He's yeah, one the top works. one. Yeah,
0: the second one looks like Davy Jones's bastard son, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm imagining those like things growing off his face. It's like, why are we talking about this? The audience can't hear what we can't see what we're talking no, about. I'm
0: I'm, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it
3: in the show post. He looks like a potato somebody left out too long. He does. yeah. I think
1: he looks like he's got like eyes, the, the potato eyes, growing out of his chin. Yeah, that's creepy.
3: Yeah, I want to bake him. We're back to potatoes again, Patrick.
1: <laughs> it all goes to potatoes. What the we holy
3: know.
0: hair nightmare is this? Is this is another Warzel <clears throat> Gum Grid Gum. Grit, yeah. Grit, grit, grit. Oh. What the hell passes for children's TV in Great Britain? We like are a, never
2: going to escape Warzel Gummage because it's Mike who's got the next bullet point.
0: I think. This is,
3: <laughs> I think this is the new Kevin Smith movie. Look at the guy with the bucket on his head
0: made I'm of the excited. the pump. That's
1: not. Okay, so TV me. melon
0: guy with like something on his head, like a like a pompadour. Yeah, and he's wearing a motorcycle jacket.
1: So it's probably a helmet. Yeah,
0: don't want to bust that melon. Ah. Ah. Move along. All right, <laughs> TV top shows in the land were friends, CSI, ER, and everybody loves Raymond. Not everybody. Yep. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, the other TV shows that debuted this week included the Bernie Mac show. 30-Minute Meals, Sarah's Secrets, Ooh. and The Popeye Show. Da, that's da, what da, everybody da. was talking about in the year 2000. Starring Post Malone.
3: <laughs> da, 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 da.
0: George Cadogan Gartner McKay. an American actor, artist, and author. He's best known for the lead role in Adventures in Paradise, based loosely on the writings of James Mitchell character, Adam Troy, was a Korean War veteran who purchased the two-masted 82-foot schooner Tiki-3 and sailed the South Pacific. The show ran for three seasons on ABC from 1959 to 1962 for a total of 91 episodes. McKay settled in Hawaii where he died from prostate cancer on November 21st at the age of 69. Absolutely. I was really, really hoping that that was going to be died quietly on the beach with a drink in his hand but no it
3: was a yeah. different time man
0: 30 episodes per season that's not hey no, honestly i personally would like to have a two masted 82 foot
1: schooner that would be awesome
0: so what did he like solve crimes or i don't like, know i think he just
3: traveled around a... hunt the gumbridge or what
1: well, i mean it's almost <laughs> kind of like a like an early anthony bourdain no reservation type of thing i would imagine
3: hmm uh was it
1: that's what i'm guessing i don't well, know,
2: know missioner that well but I, I was guessing it was more like a boat version of like the motorcycle diaries let's see
3: adventures in paradise i thought it was like more like a magnum pi versus the gumbridge or something
1: stop talking about the gumbridge don't lick the gumbridge
0: <laughs> well i'm, not, I'm oh, okay i'm just saying this right now i'm not i'm not changing teams for this guy at all but it looks like a guy who would sail the ocean on a schooner he's a handsome fella i said he's uh I don't know if this is gonna work
1: is he wearing one of them nautical wool sweaters sweaters no uh, oh no he is look at that he's so hairy yeah. he it looks like he's wearing one
0: i know in that
3: pipe
1: that's a manly man
3: that is he's uh that genius What's that guy he kind of looks like a late 50s henry cavill
1: that's he what that does he's so manly that's why prostate cancer killed him because he wouldn't let any doctor stick a finger up there uh
3: the He sailed the South Pacific looking for passengers and adventure. The plots deal with the romantic and detective adventures of Korean War veteran Adam Troy. Huh. So what's that? You know what?
0: It's it's probably like... um... I hate to say but closer to, like, Tales of the Gold Monkey type of thing. Hmm. I don't know. That actually sounds like something I would watch. Sounds good. I, it actually does. It's not no Warzel gummage, but...
3: Well, what is?
0: Also, the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show was broadcast on television for the first time on November 15th, with 1.24 million viewers nope. turning in. 12.4, 12.4. 12.4. Sorry. 12.4. Do you remember when... um,
3: Andre Football?
0: No, I was... The, 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 when they had the oh. uh, Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, and they televised, and they had The Prodigy on, and the... I remember because like all the uh, the models had to walk past the prodigy while they were showing it. Every single one of them was like look, uh, side-eyeing him like he was going to randomly attack one of them at one point or another. <laughs> he made the pretty girls nervous. Well, he was a twisted fire starter.
1: I am your fire starter.
0: Victoria's Secret televised starring Warzel Gummidge.
1: <laughs> Noon. All right, moving on to sports. Home crowd favorite Leighton Hewitt wins his first of two season-ending Tennis Masters Cup titles with a 6-3, 6-3, 6-4 victory over Frenchman Sebastian Grosjean, I think is how you pronounce it, in Sydney, Australia. What the hell is that in the chat? Grosjean? Grosjean. Grosjean, Grosjean, Grosjean. yeah. Ooh. Is that a Grosjean in the chat? <laughs>
0: That's another thing that popped up when I looked up uh, gummage.
1: Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, Hassim Rahman versus Lennox Lewis, Lennox Lewis II billed as final judgment. Um, that's not that's not correct. I Hasim Rahman versus Lennox Lewis II, not Lennox okay. Lewis II. I thought I was like Lennox <laughs> Lewis' son. What? I just read right past that, and I was like, wait a minute, nope.
0: <laughs> I don't there. feel too bad about 1.24 million people.
1: Right. <laughs> All right. Haseem Rahman versus Lennox Lewis II, billed as Final Judgment, was a heavyweight professional boxing match contested between unified WBC, IBF, IBO, and lineal champion Haseem Rahman and former undisputed heavyweight champion Lennox Lewis. The bout took place on November 17th at the Mandalay Bay Event Center in Paradise, Nevada. Lewis defeated Rahman by fourth round knockout.
3: Mandalay Industries! Mandalay Industries!
1: (laughs) I was hey, a fan of Lennox Lewis. <laughs> yeah, he was impressive.
3: The second or the first?
1: Shut up. <laughs> yeah, he was impressive.
3: He saw what George Foreman was doing. He's like, oh, "That's a good idea." Name all my kids Lennox Lewis.
1: Two. Are you done?
0: Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> Play a soft keyboard, Joel.
3: Da 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 da
0: Oh, you know who that dude is? That's actually the dude. In, that's Wars. That's the dude in the costume. That's the potato head man. It is. Isn't it he is. the guy with uh, that was missing an eye in in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean?
1: Oh, the one pirate, yeah, that had yeah, the fake yeah, I think it is.
3: So looks my, like him. my Davy Jones connection was perhaps correct.
0: Uh huh. So in 2000, a one Bruce Tim, uh, was the working on the DC animated universe, already known for the hit show that was Batman: The Animated Series. They let him in to be doing the uh, new show coming around called Justice League.
1: Is that the one with uh, with uh, Mark Hamill, Batman: The Animated?
0: Yeah. And this okay. one actually has Mark Hamill also. Mark Hamill's kind of like a, a standby in the DC animated universe for Joker. Yeah. A while. Yeah. But um but no, it, it lasted for two seasons. Uh and from this eventually came Justice League Ultimate, which in retrospect we should have done that show. But this yeah, gives us some I mean, good roots.
2: Justice League Justice League Unlimited is a better show. Yeah. But it's also a little f- closer to now and i think the reason we went with this is cuz it was closer to our old definition for what then was
0: yeah that um yeah 2004 was justice league unlim- unlimited so mm-hmm. but uh has the standard bruce him triangular torsos uh you, if you've seen batman the animated series you would 100% recognize the art style in this one tiny legs tiny legs little little feet square fingers uh, this is also got some directing by Butch Lukic and Dan Reba and Joel, also in here. Um, storyboarding uh, done by uh, Brett Blevins for twenty episodes. Oh, Adam Van Wick, Bob Smith, James Tucker, Joaquin Dog Santos, or Joaquin Dos Santos, and Brett Blevins and Butch Lukic were all storyboard artists for this one, and have all have very strong uh, comic backgrounds. But, uh, no, so this one lasted for two years, dove into some alternate, I don't say alternate characters, but things like Aquaman, they had, uh, him on there with the hook hand and, you know, it was kind of a new direction for animated, animated DC, which always has kind of been DC's strong suit.
2: I agree. Yes. And this is, I think, uh, with Batman, the animated series is a direct through line for quality DC animated stuff. Mm hmm. And this was really the start of the redemption for Aquaman as a character. I mean, from a joke, uh, people having him as the butt of the joke. Aha, he talks to fish. But uh, yeah, this this is the start of, we can see a progression from this version of Aquaman all the way to Jason Momoa very clearly.
0: Yeah, this isn't Super Friends. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but this has Kevin Conroy coming back as Batman and Bruce Wayne. You know the voice. He definitely, he has been the voice of Batman for the animated series for forever. Uh, also, Ju- George Newbern, Superman slash Clark Kent, and also DJ Rubber Ducky.
3: You're the one.
0: <laughs> Don't think that's right. Uh, Susan Eisenberg does Wonder Woman, Princess Diana. Phil Lamar uh, does Green Lantern slash John Stewart. Michael Rosenbaum does the voice of Flash. Uh, and also Wally West also uh, does the voice of Deadshot. That's awesome. Carl Lumby, Martin Manhunter, John Johns. And Maria Canellas Barrera does uh, Hawk Powers Booth as Gorilla Grodd. Clancy Brown as excellent as Lex Luthor. Keith David as Despero. Michael Dorn as Calabac.
3: Larry Drake.
0: Uh, Hector Elizondo as Crager, Robert England. As uh, Felix Faust Ode- Pam Greer as Mariah Mark Hamill as the voice of Solomon Grundy and Joker And Jeffrey Jones, William Katz Udo Kier are all Heroes and villains as uh, Green Guardsman, Udo Kier is a music master His weapon is an accordion So that's fun uh, Michael McKeon is in the same episodes as a sportsman uh, Looks just like uh, Bob Hope and he, he Fights by hitting golf balls at people <laughs> As you will I wish I was joking, but that's it. Alfred Molina as Gustav, Ron Perlman as Clayface and Ryan. Steven Root is Catman. Tom Sizemore is Metamorpho. Arlene Sorkin is Back Round as Harley Quinn. And then Rob Zombie as Ictulu. Cthulhu. How do they do that? Ictulu. I
3: think Ixthu,
0: it, right? Ix- 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 and Cthulhu mixed together. Hmm. They basically just put an I in front of Cthulhu. Uh, this is the first on the trivia, uh, the first animated show to feature the Martian Manhunter. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. Uh, also in this, Green Lantern and Hawkgirl started to have a romantic relationship grow as the series progressed. The producers decided to pair these two characters together since both were no-nonsense warrior types. With Green Lantern having a military background and Hawkgirl Hawk coming from a very warlike pr- planet, uh, the relationship originated for the show as the two characters never had a romantic relationship in the comics. Uh, they also put up a fake backstory and fake synopsis for Hawkgirl because eventually she betrays the Justice League. Hmm. So they posted online and all the all the comic chats and all that that uh, a different to keep the whole idea hidden that she would eventually turn on them. So. The entire Marvel family and all related characters were unable to appear on the show due to legal reasons. So they wanted Shazam and everybody else. Or everybody else in there. In fact, the creative team had planned to use Captain Marvel in the Justice League hereafter, where they think Superman's dead. Uh, but they couldn't clear an appearance, so they used Lobo instead, which is kind of a weird
3: replacement.
0: Yeah, I know. If you're going from crispy clean Shazam to Lobo, which. Brad Garrett as Lobo? It seems like a weird choice to me, but... Oh, yeah. He almost kind of looks like Lobo, too. And although several actors reprised our voice roles from the shows Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series, conspicuously absent is Tim Daly, who voiced Superman. Now, Pat, you commented that you didn't like the uh, his voice, Superman's voice.
1: Nope, didn't care for
0: it. I didn't either, Pat. Yeah, he was unavailable because he landed the lead role in the short-lived television series The Fugitive.
3: Yeah, I, I was annoyed by the Superman's voice. Okay, yeah, so it w- wasn't just me. Nope. No. That and Superman was a big wuss.
0: That was also something that was on the uh, the extras on the DVD, is that Bruce Timm said that after like three quarters of the way through the first series, the first uh, season, they were looking at the online chatter, and they, they thought they were doing this conspicuous, oh, making it more dangerous because of, oh, if it could take down Superman, this must totally be... Uh, Totally be dangerous. They could totally kill the rest of them if it can knock Superman down. But then they realized they pushed a needle too far. And everything was knocking Superman down.
1: They turned him into Wharf.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Watch out for those giant empty plastic containers.
3: Like him versus the current, like in the Justice League movie that we'll talk about later. Night and day. You know, one's godlike and the other one is like, ow, I just stubbed my
0: toe. However... On the other side of the voice acting, this is a fourth consecutive animated series starring Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, Batman, New Batman Adventures, Batman Beyond, and uh, not including exp- uh, appearances in other shows. So Kevin Conroy definitely knows where his bread is buttered, and it's in voicing Batman. Oh, and he uh, loves it. Oh, yeah. He loves it. Yeah, because everybody knows that voice. Yep. To make the show unique, the producers decided not to use the established Superman and Batman villains that they had used in the past on the other shows. The show featured, uh, presented a really good opportunity to choose from all the different DC villains, such as Vandal Savage, Doctor Destiny, Felix Faust, and Gorilla Grodd. The only established Superman or Batman villains that they used were Lex Luthor and the Joker. Both were in the Injustice Gang. Uh, they want to try something different for as long as they could before going back to using established Batman and Superman villains in season two. So that's why you had, um, uh, it wasn't it's like Discount Gorilla Grodd in the first episode.
2: In the mm. first episode, you had Martians.
0: Oh, no, no. The one where Lex Luthor and the Inhuman, not the Inhuman.
1: It's Injustice. like the gorilla
0: with the big brain. Coco. Yes, that's it. Coco beware. But yeah, they had a lot of weird ones in there. Like the uh the shadow the shadow guy with a he wears a tap hot t- top hat and a black carries a black cane. He controls shadows. There are a lot of like out of the left field type villains on this first season.
2: Yeah, when it comes to obscure DC villains, you got the wrong crowd. I'm a Marvel fanboy and I don't think the other two are that deep into the big two in terms of comics.
3: No, I don't think Correct. so. Correct. I mean I had my share of
0: DC stuff, but yeah.
3: I can't okay. name any of them any of them outside of the big ones. And the ones that were on like uh, Super Friends and stuff when I was growing up,
0: so I'm assuming uh, this is a first viewing for everybody but me. Uh, yes. I
3: wasn't sure, uh, but it was. It turns
2: out it was Justice League Unlimited that was the one I'd already seen, not this.
0: Okay,
3: definitely for me, it was my first.
0: Same. So going, going. Let's start from. I don't say from the bottom, but let's start for the least interested in comics out of all of us, Patrick.
1: Hey, <laughs> I got. I watched the first three episodes. You know the pilot storyline. Pew pew
3: pew. Lots of aliens.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was interesting. Um I didn't know who the hell Hawk Girl was. I didn't know um I I heard you guys talk about uh the Martian manhunter guy. Yeah. John John. John Jones. <laughs>
3: John Johns. John Jones.
1: John Johns? John Johns. John, John, John Johns.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. And I thought that was ridiculous. But one of the funny things by the way, that I thought about him was that when they first when he when he was first found by Superman, he's like got the pointy head and he's got all muscles and no clothes and everything. He's like I could change my appearance at will will so here let me change my appearance to something more pleasing to you that's less off-putting and literally all he does is just take off a couple of the sharp edges and put a cape on mm-hmm. Like you could make yourself look like anything. Just make yourself look like a human at that point. Like if you're trying to, if you're going through the effort of changing your appearance to blend in, just go ahead and just go all the way.
3: Just wait till you see him in the Snyderverse.
1: I did. Oh yeah.
3: Oh yeah. You, you may not have at this point. Yeah,
1: I haven't. At this, yeah.
3: You get a brief glimpse of him, but you don't get a good, a good gander until the almost the end.
1: Does he look like the guy from the last Starfighter? I hope so. Or Enemy Mine? Which one?
0: <laughs> kind of. He kind of does. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to figure like how they would update him for for today. Yeah,
3: Eric Stoltz in the mask? No. Yes. No. He does not look like that. He's not Rocky. Uh I watched uh, the f- first seven episodes, and I had hoped to get to the Joker ones, uh, just to see Mark Hamill do his thing. But I, the only I'd seen some of the uh, Batman, the animated series when we did our Bat Month, so I was familiar with Bruce Timm's style, and I seen bits and pieces of the show due to you know my nephew and was really into Batman and watching it I don't totally get the appeal I know that's not going to be a popular opinion but I mean, it was okay uh but Superman was way too toned down and annoying uh Batman did his thing uh Aquaman was interesting I don't know how he's going to go to the bathroom with that hook hand but I guess he just pees in the ocean uh I like seeing Hawk Girl because I like Hawk Girl and Hawk Man. I always, I've always been a, kind of a, a casual fan of them. I mean, it was, it, was, it was decent. It was better than your average cartoon, but I still don't quite get the, the mass appeal.
1: It was better than most cartoons we have to watch for the then.
3: Right. Like, if you're comparing it to the original Voltron, which I still love, the original Voltron is way
1: better. I didn't care for the animation style. I don't like the Bruce Tim, giant barrel chest, tiny leg look. I mean, you know, it's like you get to a certain point where everybody, you know, like the next guy who's supposed to look even bigger than the other guy now suddenly has, you know, six foot wide shoulders, and he, you know, looks like he should not be able to walk at all. He should be falling over every time he stands up, and just it's—I don't know—it's a, it's a it's a little too much.
2: I don't know. See, I was a fan of, like, I've, I've repeated several times, Justice League Unlimited, and I, I am not as down on it as these other guys, but it is very, very clearly a kid's show. And uh, <laughs> I found uh, Superman annoying, and uh, it almost seems like every single hero and villain, like, the heroes are incompetent at the beginning of the uh, episode. yes. Like, they forget their powers, or the Flash is tripping over shit, or for some reason Martian Manhunter doesn't go invisible or incorporeal when he could. And then the villains, like, invariably there's a bunch of them, and one of them wipes the floor with the entire Justice League at the beginning, but by the end of the story, there are legions of them that the heroes are killing effortlessly.
1: Yeah, once they learn to kill the first one, the rest of them are just easy as pie. And, yeah, yeah, I found that a little uh, off.
0: It
3: it seemed like their powers were kind of convenient based on the needs of the story.
1: Yes,
0: well, I think part of it with the with the heroes not being powerful in the first one is because you've got Justice League, you've got Superman, you've got Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. You know, you've got some solid capital S superheroes from the DC universe. And as it was a kid's show, I think what they needed to do was kind of make them a. a screw up a little bit in the very beginning otherwise there'd be no there's no risk
2: yeah and you know? I, that i think is a failure of writing i mean you, it is a problem that superman at full power basically effortlessly destroys any of these d uh bad guys that's that's legit but the answer is write better
0: now they, there were some weird moments like when um the episode I was trying to think of, it was in season two, where they discover that they discover that Lex Luthor has cancer from handling crypt, uh, kryptonite so much. Huh. And they've given him six months to live.
3: Well, That's an interesting twist.
0: Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. It was uh, injustice for all. So, yeah, he's terminally ill. So he gets a teams up with the now again, B-list Villain, the Ultra Humanite is who I was trying to remember earlier. Is that gorilla, white gorilla instead of Gorilla Grodd? It's got the big brain, um, and his plan is to kill Superman because he blames him for him having kryptonite poisoning. So he enlists Chitara, no, not Chitara, the cheetah. Um, a couple of the other 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 heroes or villains come in, but it's fun, kind of funny because like they've got Batman tied up in the basement. And he's got these shackles on and this laser beam around him that keeps uh, the Martian Manhunter from uh, seeing him and all that stuff going on. So he's got Solomon Grundy and the Ultra Humanite guarding him. And he pulls the, hey, Solomon, how much are you getting paid to do this? I I bet you're not getting as paid as much as, you know, this guy here. And Ultra Humanite's going, of course he's getting paid less than me. Look at me. I'm a genius. And they get into a fight. And he almost breaks out that way. And then he actually straight up seduces the cheetah where they're making out by the time the next person comes down for their shift to watch Batman. they were going to say seduce Solomon Grundy. Yeah, that's that's another thing. But yeah, he's like he's like got uh, the cheetah like crawling all over him and sticking her tongue down his throat by the time that one, So they got they got a little weird for a kid's show. It's like they wanted to do a show aimed at adults. But I don't think. Early 2000s, like now there's more than the lion's share of animated shows based for, you know, adults nowadays. I don't think 2000 was really the window for it. Well, now you've got adult animated superhero
3: shows like Invincible that we've discussed on several occasions recently.
0: Yeah. And this debuted on Cartoon Network, so they also had to kind of do, kind of watch it because this was already on, this wasn't like on HBO or something like that it was on the cartoon network so they had to tiptoe around some things and they actually had to they had the one where they go back in time they they have a world war ii like one where they fight the nazis but they're not really nazis type of thing
1: just men with bad attitudes
0: yeah they're just very angry men with helmets uh they also had a couple of cool things in working with um that i read about with uh Cartoon Network is that this was one of the first cartoons to be shot and delivered in widescreen. Really? hmm
3: Huh.
0: Yeah. And the uh, the storyboarders and the animators were like, look at all this room! <laughs> we can put so much... And, and after listening to them talk about it, it's actually kind of evident because you have a lot of, like, when the battle scenes are going on, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of set piece. There's a lot of background painting and that sort of thing. Uh, all happening and you can definitely tell that they took advantage of the widescreen but yeah bruce tim said he's like eventually this is going to be released on dvd and i know widescreen is widescreen is coming and i want people to be able to watch it this way so it was one of the first uh, widescreen cartoons that's awesome yeah so how would you compare this then with the batman the
3: animated series
0: i don't know i think batman the animated series was a little bit more adult than this one was and i think it's the Uh, inclusion of, of superman that does it this is going to be a few years before
2: you've got kind of that proof of concept mm-hmm. probably started with the, uh, X-Men films like cementing themselves. Cause I can't remember you know, if this was like just before or just after the first X-Men film, which is going to be the start of like the modern superhero thing.
3: I'm yeah. Looking 2000 was when the first X-Men movie came out.
2: Okay. So it was out, but it had not yet like, s- uh, it wasn't quite the proof of concept it is it would be in like a couple of years
0: yeah it was it was before the studios realized that people wanted to see good superhero stuff so i i see that they tried to push the envelope on a couple of these things you know like superman dying in um the season 2 the one with one where they replace superman with lobo which again was kind of confusing yeah still strange strange yeah. concept well i mean they couldn't get Shazam, so they went with Lobo. So that's great. But no, it's, uh, I think for a, a kid's cartoon, this is a solid one. I mean, this, I I bought and owned the two seasons on DVD. And be, partially because it was one of those that I kind of enjoyed watching. It's kind of fun, goofy. Like I said, it's not too super serious that I have to pay attention to what's going on. It's a good stuff thing to have on in the background. And two, the kids could watch it. And I didn't have to worry about what they were watching. You know, there wasn't anything that I would, you know, like now if someone goes, oh, there's a superhero cartoon on on, uh, Amazon. Oh, my kids love superheroes. I bet they'd love Invincible.
2: (laughs) Someone's going to make that mistake.
0: Someone. I bet. I bet there are multiple people that have made that mistake. I bet I know people that have made that mistake already. But
3: you've got some kids that are probably now a fan of that cartoon and are going to read the comics and become like us. See, that's even worse.
1: I was going to say, nobody wants that. Sorry, kids.
3: This is definitely a big departure from uh, Super Friends, at least. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because when you think of DC Animated Super Team, that's the first thing that comes to people of our age's minds. And I wasn't quite sure. I figured it was probably not going to be that route since uh, Batman the Animated Series was not. I was a little worried. Um, But as soon as I saw... The scene where um, Aquaman's brother ties him to the side of a cliff that's slowly sliding into a pit of lava with his infant son crying next to him. I'm like, yeah, this isn't, you know, the same Aquaman and the same show that I remember growing up mm-hmm. with. And then when he came back and he's missing a hand and he's got a bloody stump and then they put a hook on it. I'm like, yeah, OK, so it is a kid show, but it's not pulling a lot of punches.
0: Well, they right. they couldn't actually show the blood. That's why the baby was wrapped in a red blanket. Hmm. That that was actually out of the out of the mouth of Bruce Tim on the uh, on the extras. They said they couldn't show blood, but they wanted to make it look like there was some sort of like something. You know, his hand is gone, type of thing, and not just like wrapped up in a bandage. So they specifically made that blanket red, so that way when it's wrapped around his hand, it looks like blood. they couldn't funny. make it like dripping or anything, but
3: because I didn't even. Wild. I missed that. I just saw the, the red thing wrapped around his hand when he came back and I'm like, holy crap.
0: Yeah. Now, something else did you notice? Green Lantern never uses a giant hammer or any of the constructs that uh, Hal Jordan never used. Did you notice that? Mm-mm. Yeah, that was a, a specific choice by the writers on this because uh, who plays him? John Stewart, who is Green Lantern in this series, is an ex-Marine. And their, their whole thing was, if he's a Marine, he's just going to do whatever he needs to do to get the job done. He's not going to screw around with giant, you know, earth movers or I'm going to create a giant hot rod to drive people around when they travel through space. He's going to make a bubble because bubbles are simple. He's not using too much energy when he fights. He's used to f- handling guns. So he just has beams. In fact, there's only, I think, one episode where he he makes a construct and it's the uh, darkest, not the darkest night one, it's the one with Sinatra. Uh, Eclipso and Eclipso takes him over and he makes a construct that looks like a giant uh, viper and that's I think is the only time in the series where he does anything that's not just like a ring blast or a bubble to travel around in or a wall You know, he never does anything ridiculous he just does that because their whole thing was he's a marine he's not going to screw around he's just going to do this and get it done he's also in comic book lore the first uh, Green Lantern to not wear a mask Oh that's cool. Yeah, cuz he's like, I'm Green Lantern. I'm John Stewart. I don't care. You know, <laughs> that was his that's his attitude in the comic also it was just this is who I am. I'm not wearing a mask.
3: Well, and I'm glad they didn't go the the Hal Jordan route because it was, you know, the the team's already pretty stacked uh with, you know, one skin tone <laughs> represented. Uh so I was happy that they chose that cuz you know, it, it's not just young white kids that are watching cartoons and they want to have somebody to look up to. That's you know a good role model and a superhero. And I I was happy to see that they went that route and the character was interesting. There was a lot of actual dimension to the character.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. In DC, he is one of the big green lanterns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely one of the get shit done green lanterns. Personally, I like, um, not hell Jordan guy Gardner. Just because he, oh. he pisses everybody off. He's like the big mistake. I was going to say, Guy Gardner was an, kind of a... I,
3: I remember his run, and uh, that was around the time I was collecting comics. And I was like, this guy.
0: Fuck? Yeah, Guy Gardner, he actually... I think he shows up in um, uh, Justice League Unlimited.
3: Did they ever do a Lantern Corps show?
0: No. Hmm.
3: Seems like a missed opportunity.
2: I guess. I mean, we, we know the Lantern Corps, but... How many other people do?
3: I just mean because there's so many different members and people that are familiar faces to comic book fans that it seems like it would be a good tool for marketing You know, as far as toy lines and things like that's concerned, but also make for an interesting show because you could not have it focused on one particular character every week. I don't know. Just a side thought.
0: Well, and they've recently with Green Lantern Corps with all the different color rings that came out a few years ago, few years ago decade ago you know there's the you know you have the there's the red rings there's yellow rings there's blue rings and all you know because like they all go after for a different emotion so i mean that could possibly be kind of like cool. all
3: those different swamp things that represent different elementals sure yeah we talked
0: about that in the swamp thing show yeah so yeah so i think we kind of finished this one off
2: yeah, the only thing I really wanted to say uh before we move on is I know I kind of dogged this, but like I still can't completely like write it off because without this, we don't get some of the later awesome DC animated stuff immediately after. There's the show that follows it, mm-hmm. uh Justice League Unlimited, and then you get into stuff like uh Under the Red Hood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's just like, so much great DC animation stuff. And I, I can't say, even though I did have some problems with this, that I totally didn't enjoy myself because I could see the foundation being laid for some stuff that I really legitimately love.
0: Yeah. And I think it's kind of like I said at the beginning, it's definitely a, the beginning of this show, also. It's, it's the beginning, it's the start of them learning where to take the DC universe. And they've taken it from this all the way to, I mean, if you've got a chance to see, um, Justice League Dark, that's another one of the animated ones that has uh, Dead Batman, Deadman, uh, Hellraiser, Hellblazer, John Constantine, and I forget who the other person... Oh, uh, Zatanna, as a team-up.
3: Yeah. And also, uh, just to tag on something Josh was talking about, uh, the long Halloween is headed to the animated world here shortly.
0: Yep. And Hush is already done, so... Yep.
3: I still have I have the uh, the Dark Knight Returns, and I've seen some of it, um, and I was pretty impressed with it. But I haven't actually sat down and watched the whole thing yet. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy that they're doing that because, again, like you guys said at the beginning of this, before we when we first started talking, is DC may not quite have figured out the whole universe and in live action film formats just yet, but the the cartoons have been killing
0: for a long time, and uh, so. Yeah, yeah. If you if you do get a chance, um, watch uh, Gotham by Lamplight. I have the original <laughs> Mike McNola comic book. Yeah, it's oh, it it keeps the Mike McNola thing. That's a good. It's a good. I um, would like it, Patrick. Gotham by Gaslight
3: was was a was a fun read. Yeah, sure. it's fun.
0: like yeah, it's like uh, if Batman was around at the turn of the century, hunting Jack the Ripper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty dark, but it's good. <laughs>
2: All of okay. the uh, Batman Elseworlds are really good. I, I liked uh, Gotham Noir, and I liked uh, The Doom That Came to Gotham, which is uh, Lovecraft meets oh, uh, really? Gotham. Oh, yeah, and The Penguin is very disturbing in The Doom That Came to Gotham.
0: Cool. Going to have to put that on my list. To the list! To the list, everybody. All right, I think we're good with this one then, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, when we get back, we are going to talk about Justice League, the Snyder Cut. The four hour and two minute just hoo ha <laughs> that, that has been going on this year. So we'll be back in a little bit with some more Justice League. Just say hoo ha. Hoo ha. Hoo ha. Okay, we are back. And we're going to talk about the the four-hour extravaganza that is Justice League, the Snyder Cut. So this came out in 2021, released by Warner Brothers. And in the Wikipedia, it says it suffered a difficult production. In the Wikipedia? Yeah, putting it lightly. Uh, Major changes to the script between 2016-2017. Snyder stepped down during post-production after his uh, daughter died and Joss Whedon showed up and was like, I'll take care of this, and um, set everything on fire. Uh, Whedon oversaw reshoots and other changes that incorporated a brighter tone and more humor and cut the runtime down significantly in accordance with a mandate from Warner Brothers. Uh, The theatrical version of Justice League received mixed reviews. It was a box office bomb, and uh, Warner Brothers had to take a step back and reevaluate the future of the DC Extended Universe. Uh, and all the other films that they had planned. So, almost immediately after the release of the Justice League, the <clears> Odd <throat> uh, Whedon fiasco, uh, people started, well, that initially got the nickname Justice League. Uh, fans nice. started creating a petition online to release the Snyder Cut. And the hashtag release the Snyder Cut popped up on social media. And all this started going loose and everyone's like, oh the Snyder Cut. Everyone wants to see the Snyder Cut before anybody even knew if there was a Snyder Cut. So nobody even knew if a movie even existed. And it actually holds a record for the most uh most tweeted about movie that didn't exist at the time. That's a weird stat. It's definitely yeah, right? a baseball stat. I mean, it's 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 a stat. I mean, it didn't. I mean, they're right. The Snyder Cut didn't exist, but it was the most talked about movie for a movie that didn't exist.
1: But that's like creating a record. Yeah. Just get the record.
0: All right. Right. It's most uh, talked about on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this actually, the circumstances of this movie were actually compared to the situation with Superman 2. With uh, the Richard Donner Cut that I think we talked about.
3: I still haven't seen that. I didn't, but I've. I know that it's out there, but I haven't actually.
0: I think at one point or another we talked about that. I don't know why we haven't done a Superman show, have we? No, no. Okay, so, um, but yeah, there was a Richard Donner cut the whole fiasco with Richard Donner for Superman two that's very similar to that. Um, This is obviously, like we said, directed by Zack Snyder, and uh, the writing and story on this one is Chris Terrio. Terrio, that sounds sounds right. Terrio, Terrio.
1: Any relation to Danny?
0: Danny Terrio. Danny Terrio. Danny. He writer. On, he was also a writer on Argo and uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. Will, this always gets me. Will Ball, Will Beals, Balls, Bells, was a writer on Aquaman and Gangster Squad. So, and then uh, some other credits to the creation of Wonder Woman by William Marston and Jack Kirby, creating the Fourth World. This is a Ben Affleck Batman joint. Which uh, reminds me of the um, what was the there was the the Trivial Pursuit card about who's played Batman from like the early '90s. Did you see that one? Uh Conroy. No, it says who on this list uh, name one the one person on this list that has not that has that has played Batman, and it was like Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, um, what's his name with the nipples, George George Clooney, George Clooney, and I forget. Who the who the fourth one was? Well, Ben Affleck, but it was like the four, those four names. And at the time, the only correct answer was Michael Keaton.
3: Oh, that's fine That's
0: wild. I and didn't truth, know about that. Yeah, I have to dig. I have to dig that up. But uh, as we said, we've got Henry Cavill as Superman, Clark Kent, Amy Adams as Lois Lane, <laughs> Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Ray Fisher as Cyborg, Jason Momo as Aquaman, Ezra Miller as the Flash, Willem Dafoe who's always awesome and everything, as Volko. Jesse Eisenberg, very briefly, Lex Luthor. Jeremy Irons as Alfred, which is a challenger to me for best Alfred up against Michael, sexy Michael Caine. Ah. Uh. I I, I kind of liked his Alfred. Uh, Diane Lane as Martha Kent. Connie Nielsen as Queen Hippolyta. J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. And Ciaran Hins as Steppenwolf. So there you go as we were talking about before the show also jk Simmons' commissioner gordon was fantastic too
2: now i'm curious how many of us actually watched the original
0: cut uh i did i did not i I didn't either terrible stuff about it i was like between stuff i gotta watch for this show and stuff that i actually want to watch things that are universally panned from both sides i don't have time for Uh,
3: this household a You know, anytime there's a new superhero film that comes out uh, in either of the universes uh, or shows, we, we tend to watch it as a family. So when it came out, I, of course, was willing to give it a chance. So, yeah, I, I did. I have seen both versions. OK, so
1: I'm sorry, if you're waiting for my answer. No, I didn't see it. But I figured that was obvious. Oh, yeah,
0: sorry. you never know. Never know. Yeah,
1: no, I, I did not see it.
0: Could have watched it in a drunken stupor or smoked up stupor at one point or another. You may have seen it and just don't remember it. Oh, uh-huh. I don't think so. You do have a lot of stupors. Yes. So in order to keep cre- full creative control and ensure that the fans receive the most benefit from the Snyder cut, Zack Snyder refused to be paid for finishing finishing his version of the Justice League.
3: I, I got to give a little bit of respect there. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I, I have to hope that the vindication he's receiving has paid him back. Uh, in another way because the the tone has certainly shifted on Snyder in a in a large way, not across the board, but definitely in a in a big way. Yeah.
0: And according to Zack Snyder, the version that we watched tonight contains absolutely no shots filmed by Joss Whedon from the theatrical version of Justice League. Huh. So, which I, honestly it's... if there's that much of a color shift, I can see how that would be jarring.
2: Well, Joss only used uh, 10% of the footage that uh,
0: Zach had shot. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Which I thought it was nuts. a lot, lot less. I mean, I thought it was a lot more than that.
3: Well, I I saw something within the last week that the original cut that Snyder had prior to uh, you know the, his daughter dying was, uh, was like three and a half hours or something. It was shorter than the one that we ended up getting, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, he went back
2: and was given money to do reshoots. Like, there's a lot of new material shot for this cut in particular. This wasn't all assembled from footage that was laying around.
0: All right. So, moving on. Despite directorial credits, Zack Snyder never actually watched Justice League 2017. Reportedly, his wife and friend Christopher Nolan uh, advised him to never see it, as if, as that it would break his heart. Oh. Uh-huh. So I suppose if Christopher Nolan, I mean, if your wife says don't watch this, it's you're really going to make you sad. That's one thing. But if Christopher Nolan says y- you don't want to watch this, man, there's a little bit, little bit behind that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like this was a passion project for him, the uh, culmination of what he'd been doing with superhero stuff since Three Hundred and Watchmen, and like they couldn't see through the film because of the suicide of their daughter, and so they're. Because well, they were both working on it, uh, both Zach and Deborah, Oh, really? And, yes. And th- when that happens to you in your life, you drop everything else and you take care of yourselves.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, the insult to, in- to grievous injury is
0: that Joss came in and shit all over it. Yeah, that's frustrating. That's got to be terrible, especially if you have something this big. And I mean, something this big in your career and then something that terrible happening to your life. You know, and Joss didn't just like go in and make a bad movie out of it. He kind of, like I said, he just kind of went in and burned the whole thing to the ground. Because didn't he get into a fight with um, uh, the guy who played Cyborg? Uh,
2: He got into a fight with not only uh, uh, Ray Fisher, but he got into a fight with Gal Gadot. There was a uh, side-by-side of all of the changes uh, Joss made that removed agency from people of color and women. Uh, There's a lot of scenes uh, with uh, Amazons who happen to be black who were basically removed to the background. Um, There is a scene with uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman sitting on the lasso of truth talking about how hot Wonder Woman is. Uh, There's a lot of shit uh, with uh, people treating both Wonder Woman and Lois Lane as sex objects. And there was the scene that Gal Gadot refused to film, so Joss went behind her back and filmed it with her stunt double, where the Flash trips and ha-ha, he lands on Wonder Woman's boobs.
0: Wow.
3: huh?
2: Oh, yeah. The article, like, and I'm giving you the short version. There's this long article point by point in, like, every time Joss's version shit on either women or minorities. I'm not sure. Am I still still allowed to, like, Firefly? I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I dig. definitely Joss is going into the uh, J.K. Rowling bucket, you know, of the people who make these great pieces of art but turn out to be total shits.
3: It's it's such an unfortunate situation to be in, Mike. And you know, I don't want to go off on a side tangent too far, but uh, you know, it's like I was—I just noticed uh, uh, that there was a Woody Allen movie that had come out that I hadn't seen, and I enjoy Woody Allen's films, but there's such a stigma around him now that stigma it's it's hard it's hard to to watch it and be like oh i'm checking out the new woody allen film without feeling like somebody's going to judge you or like you're doing something bad cuz you're supporting so i i've i've it, i've sure joss whedon fans are having the same issue
0: well it's not like you opened a roman polanski daycare or something like that
2: it's
0: a good point you know it's not like uh you know you're you've got gary glitter blasting
3: you know as you're going to pick up your kids from school but and there is a difference a
2: little bit between Roman Polanski and even Woody Allen and uh, somebody like J.K. Rowling or Joss Whedon is the people who are active on social media and pushing certain ideas like when you're giving them money it's almost like giving somebody ammunition to shoot somebody else with because these are people who are active in the culture and promoting these views that actually hurt people it's like, do I, it's like I love Harry Potter. I love Firefly. How many bullets do I want to give these people to fire at other people I care about?
3: And if you already own the media, is it okay then? Because <laughs> you've already you already gave them the bullets a long time ago. So
2: well, right, I'm not gonna burn my Harry Potter stuff. But then again, I I do feel weird like posting about my house like I, I i and i don't know where i fall in that I, I don't think you can completely separate the art from the artist when the art artist is still out there gaining influence notoriety or money from that work i i don't have an answer to that
3: yeah it's it's a weird a weird area that is growing uh but anyway sorry let's get back on task
1: Real quickly, I was going to say the more that you know, we find out about celebrity lives, the more that's just going to keep happening over and over, and it's going to get to the point where you know, you can't find a celebrity that's going to you know not have some kind of controversial something to somebody. It's just not going to happen. You know, I mean, somebody's always going to offend somebody.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it it's it's on one side. It's yeah, you said some stuff like Joss Whedon. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah, he's being an asshole. He's doing this stuff with Gal Gadot. He's taking all the minorities out of the backgrounds of the movies, that sort of thing. That's a dick move. You're being a dick. Roman Pal- Polanski, he's in there with Bill Cosby. He had drugged and raped a girl. For you sure. Know? But like you, you, like, watching Lolita
2: does not give him additional social cachet <clears throat> to drug and rape another girl. No, no, not at all. That's and the I, reason. I'm not saying his crime is not as heinous or is somehow lesser than joss or uh jk rowling but it's more of a like how relevant is this dude like are you actually helping him by uh watching the stuff that he's made
0: okay yeah i can see it's not yeah because it's not like he's at the forefront of making new movies right now right
2: and that's and there is also something to be said for being on twitter like, if you are actively influencing the culture cultural landscape, that is a form of power. And I, I don't see Roman
0: Polanski being in that category. No, he was actually probably kind of grateful for Bill Cosby to take the heat off of him for a little bit. <laughs> Whereas right.
3: Joss Whedon has kind of embedded himself as a bit of a pop culture uh, corner of the pop culture pyramid. That uh, he's
2: done. Uh, like, he went from highest you can be, uh, like, Avengers... And post Avengers, uh, he is like t- as high as you can go, and he fell about as far as you can fall. Quickly, yeah. And I-, I do think that if if you gotta have some skeleton in your closet while you're going to like offend somebody, for fuck's sake, punch up, like g- aim at somebody more powerful than you, not someone who's already being shit on.
0: I just I just think about what was that? That Joss Whedon is my master. Or Joss Whedon is my jedi t-shirt that everybody was wasn't there something like that like there was a like when he did the star wars stuff there was like a joss is my so-and-so t-shirt so So i bet there's a lot of people that are kind of like quietly you know put that in the goodwill goodwill pile
3: (laughs) and then goodwill's like we don't want this
0: yep i found it joss whedon is my master now yep yep so that's not something we're gonna see at gen con this year (laughs) yeah but uh so okay, so last last one. Yeah. Um this is not the first time oh, this is talking about the Richard Donner cut. Yeah. They released Superman two as Richard Donner cut because they Michael Tao and Stuart Baird they messed up Superman two and you know, Richard Donner the Donner Cut exists out there. Uh was actually released in two thousand and six.
3: I was gonna say you can see it. I've I've been curious to watch it. I didn't know if any
0: of any of you have seen it, but uh, I, I'm I have curious. not i really i kind of want to see it so
2: well it's interesting now that the snyder cut is out in the wild you've got a whole lot of people clamoring for this to be the official way things are going and uh warner brothers initially said no the theatrical cut is what's canon this is a curiosity because the fans demanded it but then just recently the last couple days our friend Dwayne the rock johnson who is uh going to be featured in black adam has started to put pressure on Warner Brothers to make the uh, Snyder cut the official version of the story.
3: You Uh, know, and it, it feels weird to me that if with the huge upswell of support for the DCU that's come from this, it seems weird to me that Warner Brothers wouldn't take a little more time, sit on it and think about it and say, you know, people really enjoyed this versus the other one that everybody just kind of wanted to light on fire. So Maybe we should take a cue.
0: Now, my wonder is if there is not a contract out there from Joss Whedon that says this is canon.
2: Nah, I doubt it, considering he was brought in as a script doctor, which is how he got his start. I, I doubt that he asked for any sort of creative like control in perpetuity. Okay. My-, my best guess is that since the ending for this, if it's canon, virtually commits you to probably two more movies... Warner's just like, you know, maybe we're getting lucky here, but the whole DCU thing, we thought we could trust Zack and that blew up in our face. Then we thought we could trust Joss, that blew up in our face. And if we go back to Zach and uh, commit ourselves to doing the uh, the, uh, evil league, whatever, that uh, Lex is creating and the nightmare future... Cause you kinda gotta pay those things off if this stuff is canon, but I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. And Patrick has no idea what I'm talking about because this stuff happens way at the end. Yeah. Like the yeah, I'm only minutes. three
1: quarters of the way through the movie. I I silly silly me, I only allotted four hours to watch it.
3: <laughs> silly you.
1: You know how it is every now and then you gotta pause for this and that and blah blah blah. And in a four hour movie it that adds a lot of extra time.
3: So, I don't know if this is too early in the show to ask this question, but...
1: Yeah, this is the first time I've seen it.
3: (laughs) I assume it's the first time for all of us. That was a a joke. Um, Thank you, sir. you know, in in terms of the DCU, which we've talked about at length in other other formats, um, I'm wondering where people rate this in terms of all of the films that are out there. I mean, you don't have to give a list, but, I mean, has it moved up to... A decent ranking, or is it just still kind of like eh, it was all right? You know, I- I'm curious, and maybe that's a question to ask at the end of the, the show. Um,
2: I mean, I think that my talking about various parts of this are going to give away my answer to that question, so I'm prepared to answer now. Uh, this, to me, is up there with Birds of Prey, uh, the first three quarters of Wonder Woman, and uh, uh, prop three or four of DC. While I'm saying that. This- This is still a flawed movie in some way. It's not set very high.
3: Fair. I I definitely think that's fair. Because, you know, I still think Shazam, Wonder Woman, uh, and probably even Birds of Prey are... uh, This went from being something that was kind of like a hiccup to something that has legs.
0: and You know, even if if it doesn't do as well as they expected, I think the next movie that they put out... And honestly, I do think looking at i m d b there is a list for justice League two
2: well because it was in pre production at one point, but then they decided to go a different direction and the other problem they get is they've already committed to a different Batman now Ben Affleck has still got one movie on his uh contract and he's slated to appear as this batman in flash in the flash movie mm. but uh they've already said they're going this different direction with Batman now. I don't know if they're going to do the next Batman movie as a year one or a year two long Halloween thing. They could still say okay, two different actors playing the same character cuz Affleck is obviously a much older Batman. Mhm. In fact, we get some clues as to how much older through uh the DC all the DC movies. Like this is a long time after the death of Robin. There's at least three clues pre uh Snyder cut. And Snyder Cut outright confirms that Robin's dead.
3: I mean, they could potentially do with uh, the Batman, well, or Batman, um, what they did with Joker, if they're really having that much, unless they have the film contains a huge segue to a sequel, which technically the Joker even has that possibility. But, you know, they could make it a one-off or, you know, just a, a couple little couple of movies just on the side. DC doesn't seem to have a problem with rebooting things over and over. I, you know, they wanted to go this way.
2: So but. we're ready to start talking about the plot.
3: We've talked yeah. a lot about yeah. like, the making
2: of the movie <laughs> and like the impact of the movie and the, the franchise,
0: but not so much about what actually happens. One, one real quick question before we get into the plot. Mm-hmm. For the four of us that have finished it, Pat, step back for a moment. How long did it take you?
2: I thought it was going to take me multiple nights. Uh, Last Friday, uh, Sarah and I sat down, and I was like, okay, we'll watch the first half, and we'll watch the rest of it later. And I went too far, Uh, and I got to the point where I couldn't stop uh, comfortably. I wanted to see what happened next, and we ended up watching the whole thing in one night, four hours, with maybe pauses to get drinks and go to the bathroom or whatever.
0: Okay. Okay. Joel, um, I know you said you did it in one shot, didn't you?
3: Yeah, as we talked about on, on History Bad Ideas podcast, uh I'm I'm the kind of person that if I'm gonna sit down and watch something, I'm gonna watch the whole thing in terms of a movie. Uh obviously a series, not so much, but um so I specifically allotted time with the family on a Sunday to sit down and and watch beginning to end. So I did the, the whole thing in one shot.
0: Okay. It took me four days. Four or five days, but <clears throat> it was it, the part of part of the reason for that was I started, you know, starting watching it because I know Susie wanted to watch it. So we start watching it. Then it's like she gets off of work at like nine thirty, ten o'clock. She gets home. We watch the first chapter. I'm like, all right, it's twelve thirty. This is a stopping point. We got to go to bed. So we broke it up into multiple chunks, which I think for us was actually worked out pretty good. Mm-hmm. You can easily do that with the chapter structure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then I think the funniest part was when she was like, oh, it's chapter four. We could stay in. Ch- it's probably what? Another hour. Yeah, we can <laughs> stay up another hour. I'm like, hang on. Pause. Tap down. It's like, there's another two and a half hours after this. this is- yeah, there's six chapters with an epilogue and a prologue. Yeah. So, but yeah, but plot wise, the story itself, um, Joel, what's your thought on it? Uh, on the, the, the story? I, I mean, yeah. I. I felt like it was,
3: it was a much grander story that lent itself to, like you guys were saying earlier, to at least one, if not two more films, kind of like, uh, uh, the Infinity War, uh, you know, where you had kind of the buildup of the bad guy and then you don't get the payoff and the, you know, the, the comeuppance until the next film. Mm-hmm. And they gave Dark Side kind of the, uh, the buildup as being this potentially really bad dude that could do a lot of damage and then said, okay, you know, we're, we're kicking you out of here for now, but looks like you may be back. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, I thought that was smart in terms of the original intention. Now, of course that kind of leaves us with potentially feeling unsatisfied, <laughs> but uh I, I mean, I enjoyed it as far as the the plot goes and how they, how he carried it out.
2: Yeah. I'd like to get into like specifically what happens. Cause I, I don't think yeah. we need to worry too much about spoilers here. Cause we're paying off some of the stuff that was set up in uh, Batman versus Superman with uh flash coming back and saying all this horrible stuff happened and you see the parademons and you see uh, he's telling uh, Batman to fear Superman because reasons. And we've, Finally got uh, the start of that plot happening. And uh, it starts with Steppenwolf, the servant of uh, Darkseid, showing up for these mother boxes. Sparkly. Yeah, one entrusted, uh, like the mother box is this uh, thing that'll burn the planet down so Darkseid can come and take it over. And it's got three pieces Uh, in the Age of Heroes, the Atlanteans, the Old Gods, uh, the Green Lantern at the time in the Snyder Cut. They all show up and kick the shit out of Darkseid and break the uh, boxes into their component parts and give one to each uh, race that uh, shows up in
0: their uh, last stand kind of moment. Mm -hmm. They give them to the Amazons the uh, Atlanteans and the humans and the Atlanteans put it in a place where everybody can see it and we're going to guard it. And the Amazons put it inside a fortress guarded by Amazons and the humans, humans are like, uh, we, we're going to bury it. We're gonna give <laughs> we're it here.
1: here, We're going to give it to this kid. He'll hang out yeah. in his bedroom with it. Yeah,
0: he, it's in, it's in some kid's closet. Have you ever seen a kid's closet? Who can find anything in there?
3: <laughs> well, and- it'll
0: take him weeks to clean it up.
3: A cyborg didn't do a great job once he got it back uh, of hiding it either. You know. Well, I don't think the yeah. Cyborg didn't know what the hell it was. So,
1: well, let's let's put it in a in a in a place that has my name on it.
3: In a in a in a shallow grave with about two inches of dirt
0: over the top.
1: Yeah, in an yeah in, in, in an open to the public cemetery.
0: It's all good. In the no one time, would think
1: Dark Side on
0: the yeah. other side. they like they're not even trying. I mean, seriously, right?
1: this is have uh, fun.
0: I mean, before he got it, it wasn't even very
2: well buried. It was no. just like the humans, were just like, yeah, we should take care of this. Eh,
3: it's fine.
2: put well, it in the warehouse.
1: Put it in the warehouse with the Indiana Jones shit.
3: I know, right? <laughs> we'll just bury it with the other ET cartridges. It's all right. Nobody will come looking for it.
1: Let me ask you guys a question: Was Cyborg a character in the comic books? Yes.
2: Oh, yes.
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. All right. Right of the Teen Titans. He felt to me like he was like a character that was invented for the movie.
2: No. I yeah, I'm surprised you hadn't seen him on Teen Titans or even like, I know you probably haven't watched it, but like even like commercials for Teen Titans or Teen Titans.
1: Nope. Go. nope.
0: No, he's, he's a big character. He's been around for a while. And I actually really appreciated the amount of attention they gave his story arc in this.
1: I did not I, care for him.
0: Oh, see, I, I, I felt like this movie,
3: he, he almost was the, the lead character in a lot of ways. And I felt like mm-hmm. he finally got, the, uh, kind of the justice he deserved. And I wasn't, imp- ah. I was impressed because I don't know much about that character outside of, I mean, my kids used to watch teen Titans go briefly and I know a little bit from reading comics, but I didn't know the extent of the character and the way that he was portrayed in here. I was like, Holy shit, this dude, you know, although he looks a little like iron man with some in some of the shots with the things yeah, he
1: does, yeah, just a little bit.
3: He <laughs> he could kick Iron Man's ass and probably the rest of the adventures if he wanted to. I mean, yeah. the group has got some
0: fucking amazing abilities. See, I'm kinda on the I don't want to say I'm on the fence, but I'm kinda on <clears throat> Pat's side of the fence on this one. While I appreciate his story arc, I appreciate the telling of his story, his roots, where he came from, that sort of thing. I really didn't like his character too much. He he was the least I mean, yeah, I get the I had a shitty, you know, I was blown up type of thing, with the superheroes, mm-hmm. but he's, he kind of carries the chip on his shoulder a little too far in this one. I think.
1: Yeah. Cause at one point he's all like, he's like, oh, look at what my dad turned me into. Look at this. And I'm like, like, yeah, your dad turned you into a fucking superhero who could, who could kill and destroy everything. And otherwise you would be dead. So don't bitch about what you are. The other option is you would be in the ground next to your mother, dummy.
3: Oh, he realizes that. As the film progresses,
2: yeah, I mean, the other side of that is you don't have an arc to be somebody who's a complete person if you don't start out broken. And there's already too many people in this movie whose character arc we've seen over and over and
3: over again. Which, incidentally, kind of uh, tagging on to that, do any of you feel like this movie benefited from the fact that we now have? You know, a Superman movie, uh, two Wonder Woman movies, an Aquaman movie that all kind of laid the groundwork that led up to this. Like it felt like this came out too early mm-hmm. and we've now had time to kind of get to know the characters on their own. And I think that also benefited this uh, this story.
0: I almost wish that this had been a mini series, And I know I, I think I talked about this on Hobie mm-hmm. that I think while I know, Snyder, I think Snyder was trying to just be like, this is my one chance to get this out here. There it is. Blah. You know, there's my, you know, there's my Snyder cut. I think if they had done this as,
1: if they'd give it to the Watchmen series. Yeah. Or treat, if, treatment. I mean,
0: yeah. If it had been a 15 episode mini series or a 10 episode mini series, I think we could have gotten a lot more development off the characters that weren't like, I want to, I want to know about Aqu- more about Aquaman. I love Aquaman. I think he's awesome. You know, especially now that he's not like we talked about earlier, running around riding on a seahorse type of thing. Um, I think
1: they need to recast Cyborg. That's my opinion. I don't like the actor. Maybe that's part of the problem huh. with, it, with his character. To me, I don't know. I just didn't like Cyborg. No, he was my by far my least of the favorite of the characters.
0: Who was your favorite?
1: Superman, of course. I'm a Superman <laughs> fanboy. We all know this. <laughs>
0: Are you though? Really?
1: I am. I love Superman. Give me the biggest, baddest, strongest—the one who can't get his ass kicked. Why would you pick anybody else? That's my whole philosophy on it.
0: Because he's way
1: to go out on a limb. (laughs) I don't don't get—he's super. There's a reason you pick him because he's Superman. Like you don't have to worry about you You pick Batman. He might get his ass kicked. You pick you pick somebody else. He might whatever. You pick Superman. He's gonna he's gonna win. He's but the he, Yankees. He's the he's the the Lakers. He's whatever. Like I'm not going to say that that it's not cheating, but why not cheat? Why not pick the guy who is obviously the fucking best?
0: Because he's boring.
1: The yep. scene when he starts beating all their asses was my favorite scene by far in the movie. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Why? Because he's just he's like, like flexing
1: on these fuckers. They're all like, "Look at me, look at me." And then the the fucking the the flash goes running by, and suddenly he's like, "Oh yeah, I could do that too, motherfucker." It was awesome. I love that scene. One of my he, it just me- gives him the side eye as he's running, <laughs> and suddenly he's just like, oh, shit.
2: <laughs> One of my favorite moments in the comics is when uh, the Flash and Superman actually like kind of get into it about uh, speed. And they, they had all these races in the comics, but now it's for real. And Superman reminds the Flash of uh, these races, like, those were for charity, Clark. And then he fucking dusts him. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but, you know, if you have a character that is all powerful like that, I mean, there's kind of only so many things you can do before it gets boring.
0: Well, then, and then you fall into the trap of Justice League 2000. How are you going to make things dangerous? Oh, obviously, if they can beat up Superman, then they got to be dangerous. But then you're like, oh, Superman's so, uh, such a wimp now.
1: Well, like what I was talking about earlier is that's the whole Worf problem. It's like all you all they ever did in Star Trek The Next Generation was talk about how tough Worf was, but all they ever did was bring in an enemy who could beat his ass just to show how tough that enemy is. So Worf was constantly getting his ass kicked despite being so tough. That's a problem. Yeah, it's, if, if you try to set the bar like that, like, oh, this guy is so tough he could beat up our toughest person. Well, then suddenly you're going to be like, well, how are we going to make the next guy look tough? Well, he's got to beat him up again he can't he can't get beaten up by Wharf because then suddenly he's going to be weaker than the last guy
2: it's Wharf's all the way down <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know okay. I, I I agree with you Mike I have never really been a Superman fan um, I I guess I get the appeal but I would rather have a character like Daredevil who's not, well,
1: I mean, I one hundred percent. I get why you don't like Superman because I mean, to, uh, and I'm not just saying this to be a jackass. It's the same reason you don't like the Eagles. It's like you you don't want to like the best popular, most popular, the most awesome one because you want the guy that's got you know flaws and whatever and blah blah blah. And oh, it's more interesting if he does. It. It's like, it's more you, interesting you to can't me to compare just
0: compare Superman to the Eagles.
1: Yes, I can because they're both like the perfect whatever you know of of whatever their their genre is. You know. <clears throat>
2: I like Superman, but I think the best Superman stories are all the ones where he's got a flaw or they tell a story what would happen if Superman was raised by someone who was in Clark Kent, or what would happen if Superman had landed
0: in the Soviet Union? Red Sun was an awesome Superman story, yeah yeah that's I and mean, that's the thing is like you know they Superman can only go so far. I mean, you have to have some sort of tension, you have to have some sort of Will I mean? Will he get beaten? Will he not get beaten? Type of thing. I mean, with Superman, it's like, yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah,
1: one hundred percent be- get it for storytelling. It's boring, but for like, if you just want, if you're just gonna pick a, a superhero like to fight for your life, well, fucking pick pick fucking Superman. What the hell's you? Know, what are you? What are you even discussing anybody else for? Or you pick, you know, you know, Captain Marvel, or you pick Doctor Strange. You pick like the baddest of the the, the badasses. You don't pick, you know, fucking. I don't know, um, Luke Cage.
2: I mean, you might pick Batman if Batman had unlimited time to prepare. I'm not
1: was- picking Batman, because at the heart of it all, he's still a human. He may be the baddest human there is, but he's still a human.
2: Okay, you watch wrestling, though, and you know that the person who actually wins is the most popular, and Batman is the most popular. <laughs> <laughs> that is the real... You like.
1: Know, if we're talking just storytelling, yeah, you're right, you're... And, you right, you right.
2: <laughs> and I would say that history backs me up on this in terms of how many confrontations Batman walks away from that he has no business walking away from.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Batman versus Superman.
3: That would be a big one. Yes.
2: The comic,
0: not the movie.
3: Batman's ass.
1: Yeah, I remember hearing like when they were doing Batman versus Superman, I'm like, "Well, obviously Superman. <laughs> Jesus, like, what do you <laughs> Why is like, this any, anybody question? versus <laughs> Superman is obviously going to be Superman."
0: So what about the uh, inclusion of, um, Derp Martian Manhunter? I thought
2: it was a little tacked on. Like I liked it by the end, what he was trying to do, but it almost kind of felt like uh, Snyder was like, "Well, they gave me all this money, <laughs>
0: <laughs> might as well put him in here." Yeah, I thought the whole like the conversation between not not Superman's mom and Lois Lane was a little pull the rug out from under you because they have this heartfelt conversation and they make you know they get in touch and i'm also wondering when lois finally gets out to smallville and sees her wh- what if she makes a reference <laughs> about seeing her in the city oh well after we, after our conversation back at my apartment i just felt like i had to come out here and does ma can't just go uh okay hey crazy <laughs> crazy city girl you think i was in your in your apartment
1: maybe we find
0: out in part two that Martian Manhunter has been his mom all along, <laughs> and then the real Superman Martian Manhunter Man was the friends we made along the way. And then yeah.
3: Superman, Batman, and Martian Manhunter become best friends because they all are. The mother's name is Martha, or they're actually Martha.
1: Mar- Martha, <laughs> Mar- Martha, Martian Manhunter. That's a that's a lot of alliteration. Sounds like
3: Johnny okay. got hit by a football.
1: <laughs> Martha Martian Manhunter.
0: <laughs> oh, what did you think of the villains?
1: I thought they were bad ass. Really? Yeah. Steppenwolf was. A, I mean, other than the stupid name, you know, I was waiting for his partner, you know, like foreigner or thirty eight special <laughs> to come out.
3: Uh, fog hat.
1: <laughs> this is partner <laughs> fog hat. This is my assistant fog hat. <laughs> That's funny. And he just comes out from behind him. He's like. Brr.
0: I just I just think Darkseid is kind of like, he's oh, so yeah. close to having oh, the Cubes. That. So close to having the Cubes, so close to having the Anti-Life, which I think is a terrible name for something, come up with...
1: They had a of lot battle. of weird names in this.
0: They they did, but...
1: The Mother Cubes, like, obviously, that's a weird name. Yeah,
0: but he, he was like, oh, well, yeah, I lost the... Yeah, Steppenwolf's dead.
1: Yeah, I'll come back later. <laughs>
0: Everybody, kind of back it up! I I'm not in the mood for this now. I can't handle this.
1: I'm kind of bummed. I'm going to go back and watch the rest of the Office and kind of cool down about this. <laughs> make make me a tea or something. No,
0: it's just it seemed like he was just kind of like, meh, and went went home too easily. Well, okay. I mean, he's it's the Thanos thing. Like it's time he's got to
2: hang out for the sequel.
0: Mm. Hang yeah. out for the sequel and wait for you know wait for to show his show his hand. I did like that, that when you went to War World, you did see um, Granny What's-Her-Face. Granny Goodness? Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a nice little tip of the hat there to the stories. But no, I mean, all in all, I the only thing I really disliked about this was the fact that it was one movie. I just think that so much more <laughs> could have been done with it if it was a miniseries or if it was uh, broken up into two movies or whatever. But, um, all in all, I think, I I think he
1: probably felt like this was like like Josh said earlier, this was his chance, yeah, he didn't really have have a chance to spread it out. you just gotta say, like, this is, I gotta get everything in here,
3: well, and he may not get that that second chance uh, unless the w b changes their mind, you know it may be his one shot at this, so yeah. it's all or nothing uh I, I i how do you guys feel about Eisenberg
0: as uh Luther? terrible i don't i I don't think he's oh if you were if you were to give me have me like describe lex Luthor, quirky and kind of goofy is not a way i would describe him and that's how jesse eisenberg's playing luther
3: yeah i still don't quite get that casting um yeah it it just feels weird to me too uh if we're talking about the villains you know just to jump back on that for a second but
1: I think Jonah Hill would have been a better casting for Lex Luthor if you want to go just with something odd.
3: Well, if uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was still shaved yeah. from uh, playing Kingpin, you know, throw him in there maybe, but yeah. that wouldn't wouldn't have worked because of Kingpin. But uh, and I'm I, I was hoping that Jared Leto coming back would change my opinion on him, but it didn't, um, and. Batman's line that he says to him that I'll, I'll wait for Pat to see it on his own, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Kind of caught me off guard and I don't know that it was necessary.
2: Uh, Ooh, you're being too vague, Joel. Yeah. There was a lot of, a lot,
3: lot of when Batman drops the big, the big bomb uh, um, when he's talking to him about, uh when, about Harley. Yeah. Okay. And what he's going to do to him. And I'm just like, was that necessary? Was that scripted? It just felt a little it felt a little out of character for Batman to me, but you know he was in a kind of a desperate time, desperate situation, so I don't know
0: yeah, I'm curious i, I almost wish Pat finished it up because I'd really <laughs> love to see what he thinks <laughs> about the the last fifteen minutes yeah
3: I, and I'm
1: sorry I ran out of time, guys. No, it's not oh, I don't
0: know it should it be. in fact you know what i'm turning around i'm with you josh Screw (laughs) you,
1: i
3: mean how do you guys feel about leto's joker
2: uh i mean he's Uh,
0: like i get what they were trying to go for but i'm not sure it was good yeah i i can't i can't get behind jared leto's joker yeah i
3: i I don't get it I, i i think i understand why they cast him because he can play quirky weird guys but hey i don't know the direction he went was really strange especially in suicide squad but anyway
0: yeah so uh anybody got anything else to say about this <clears throat> i mean i kind of would like to see what could have been might be yeah but i want to i want to see where snyder and wb takes this mm-hmm I think that's that's going to be the big litmus test. Now already we've got some other DC movies coming up like Suicide Squad the new one and which looks ridiculous and amazing. But uh I'm I'm curious to see, you know, are they going to take hold of this? Are they going to run with it? What are they what are they going to do with it? And uh I really hope they take it and run with it.
3: I don't know what kind of money it's making because of the fact that it it wasn't a theatrical thing. It's been streaming etc. But I hope that they get enough out of it that they at least consider or reconsider, I should say, their decision because if they could take the groundswell that this says and run with it, like you're saying, I, you know, I could potentially see it turning things around a bit. It might not right the ship entirely, but it might at least get it headed in a better direction.
0: Yeah. All right. So you want to do thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say myself. But for the then, thumbs up, thumbs down. Patrick.
1: I mean, it's kind of difficult for me. I only watched the three pilot episodes, but I mean, it's definitely not a thumbs down, so I guess thumbs up. Okay. I didn't hate it, you know, it was just kind of, you know, kind of there. I didn't like the animation that much, didn't care for the storyline. It's not like an enthusiastic thumbs up, it's just like it is what it is. It was a kids' show superhero. Yeah,
3: better than uh, Super Friends.
0: <clears throat> what about you, Joel.
3: Um, I, I'm kind of in the same line with with Pat. I think on the the original, <clears throat> um, I get what they were going for, and I can see the appeal, but it didn't it didn't do anything for me per se. So okay. I, I give it a thumbs up. So,
2: Josh, man, uh, I'm a th- unenthusiastic thumbs up for the Justice League cartoon, and a pretty enthusiastic thumbs up for the Snyder cut. Oh I
3: forgot yeah. to talk about that
0: <laughs> yeah i'm a th- I'm a thumbs up for the original Justice League just because you know part of it is that I got kids, kids enjoy it, you know it's a it's something I can keep it on the background. I liked it it's fun, I mean honestly, the last time I don't recall the last time I pulled the the seasons off the shelf, so it's not like it's something I watch every month or every year or anything, but I'll give it a thumbs up, and for the Snyder cut, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up I enjoyed it i to, but i wanna see i wanna see more uh.
3: Because I forgot the Snyder Cut part, I that's definitely a thumbs up. I felt like it was a huge improvement on the original, <clears throat> the original version, and uh, yeah, I, I would actually like to see where it goes.
1: And I didn't vote on the Snyder Cut either. I thought we were just doing the first one first, so yeah, thumbs up on the Snyder Cut. Sorry.
3: Cool.
2: No, uh, no, no apologies. I I may have been wrong. So if uh, you have your thoughts about the Justice League, maybe you think we were too hard on the cartoons. Maybe you think we were too hard on Joss Whedon. I disagree. But Mm -hmm. let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep.
0: And uh, like I said, you can find us uh, at uh, Apple and Google Podcasts. You can find us on Blueberry. Find us on our home at the web. That's 40go14.com. You can find all of our new shows there. And uh, Joel. Yes, sir. What do we have coming up?
3: Uh well, coming up uh we've got uh, the road movie show. Going to be talking about some road films and uh again, by popular demand or perhaps just by my wishing to make it so. Uh we're going to talk about Punky Brewster, but no no Gloomer.
0: There is a weird love for this that I don't really understand. I don't
3: really love it, but I used to watch it when I was younger and I'm <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see where they go with it, you know. Yeah. I'm not, like, super excited about it, but...
1: I'm betting it's going to be cheesy is the direction they go.
3: I mean, look at what happened with Full House, Fuller House show. We were kind of, like, surprised that Fuller House was kind of enjoyable. It wasn't yeah. fantastic, you know.
2: I'm yeah. not going to displace the other stuff I'm not watching on TV, but better than I thought it would be. Maybe yeah. this will be the same. Still not looking forward to it, and we'll pro- procrastinate until the last minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that.
0: You want to go finish up the last 45 minutes of Justice League, Pat?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm going to do when we hang up here. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
0: everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will be back next week.
1: all worked up until amy adams shows up i was just
0: gonna say it's kind of giving you wake up until amy adams shows up
1: she plays lois lane
0: yeah i know i'm just trying to remember the last time amy adams showed up for you never oh as deborah oh. gibson would say
3: only in my dreams
1: yep i mean as maybe real, as real as it may seem it was only in my dream oof yikes now
2: maybe she'd show up if shirtless you look more like henry cavill and less like a baked potato <laughs>
1: A hairy baked potato.
3: (laughs) Ooh.